0: Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or
1: re-enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, everyone. I'm Guile and I'm at Door Podcast on Twitter. And tonight I'm joined by Clotho.
2: Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter.
1: And Kama.
0: Hi, uh, this is Kama, and uh, you can find me at the hyphen real hyphen, comma slice <laughs> on Tumblr and shut up.
1: <laughs> and we have a couple of returning guests. We have Devin.
3: Hi, this is Devin. You can find me at GD Harpo on Tumblr and Twitter. And John. Hi, I'm John. Uh, You can follow my Wiener Dog on Instagram at
4: watson.j.wienerman.
1: Oh my God, I'm all all in on that. Um, (laughs) So tonight we're covering another of our favorite non-Jamie and Brienne chapters, and this time it's Brand 3 from Game of Thrones. And this was actually my choice, and so I'm especially excited to discuss it, but first I have to give our standard spoiler warning in which we will spoil... um, the book, the show, and we will not spoiler Avengers Infinity War <laughs> anymore. <so laughs> we will not discuss that. Um, so our chapter starts and Bran is falling, and he thinks that in dreams you always wake up the instant before you hit the ground. But what if you don't, a voice asks. He keeps falling and wants to cry, but the voice urges him to fly, not cry. Bran says, Bran says that he can't, but the voice asks him, how does he know? Has he ever tried? Bran looks around and sees that the voice is coming from a crow, which is spiraling down towards the ground with him, and he asks the crow for help. I'm trying, the crow replied. Say, got any corn? <laughs> 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 this, is, this is probably like the moment this crystallized into like my second favorite chapter in, in any of the books, just that, um, com- you know, that combination of delight and horror, I think that is throughout this chapter. So Bran throws some corn from his pocket to the crow and he says this is all just a dream and that he'll wake up when he hits the ground. And no, the crow says, you'll die when you hit the ground. And Bran sees mountains and rivers now as he gets closer to the earth and he starts to cry. But the crow again tells him that crying won't do any good. Flying, not crying. And the crow helpfully demonstrates by flapping its wings. And you have wings, Bran pointed out. Maybe you do too. Brand felt along his shoulders, groping for feathers. There are different kinds of wings, the crow said. Um, do you think he's talking, you know, metaphysical wings, or is this dragon wings? Or um, am I reading a little too much into that?
0: I think it's metaphysical. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's you. it's literal wings. I think that's. I mean, that's at least my yeah. guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Brand notices how skinny he is, and he wonders if he's always been so thin. And he starts to try to remember what's happened to him, and an image of a golden face says, the things I do for love. And there's a little passage. The crow took the took to the air, cawing. Not that, it shrieked at him. Forget that. You do not need it now. Put it aside. Put it away. It landed on Brand's shoulder and pecked at him, and the shining golden face was gone. So that's kind of the first one of the big questions, I think, in this chapter mm-hmm. is, you know, why? Um, you know, why isn't brand suppo isn't why do we think brand isn't supposed to remember Jamie? And, you know, do you guys think that he ever
3: will? Yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting. I, I because... don't because yeah. I no? don't think it matters. I, well, just I, well, I think he'll know, but I don't think it'll matter just because of everything else going on. Why? That's kind of my thought on it, because like, I thought the same thing while reading it, like, why why does he not need to know that? And I thought, well, will he ever figure it out? And I was like, I'm sure he will, but it just won't matter, I don't think, in the grand scheme of things.
1: I, I struggle with, is it because, you know, Bloodraven wants him to focus on, you know, north of the wall and that struggle and not be drawn into, um, you know, the, the struggle for the Iron Throne? Or is it, you know, because... Jamie does play that part in the, you know, he does play that part in the ultimate war. And this isn't something he wants Bran to like hold against him. Yeah,
2: maybe if he's utilizing him somehow, like the sort of feeling is he, sort of the feeling I get reading is if if he's utilizing it, he doesn't want Bran to get a, a prejudice against him because other people yeah. find out yeah, it's Jamie. So why would it? It doesn't make any sense that it would mean, have to be hidden. Do you mean
1: Blood like the, Raven the, using Jamie? You know, Blood Raven using Jamie essentially as an agent to well, yeah. I mean, Brand? if,
2: if well, no, I mean if Bloodraven was using Jamie at various parts, like you know whether the Ares thing. You know, whatever in what whatever capacity he used him, maybe he doesn't want Brand to know that he used. I don't know. If he's afraid yeah. he can figure that there's out. There's
0: another possibility. I mean, especially given that we know. Well, we think it hasn't been convert, confirmed. that? It, well, no, it has. I'm. I'm. I i am i do not know. Why. I'm sorry. Um, I'm on a lot of cold medicine. Okay. Um. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, there's a. You know, the first time I read these books, I. I was like, okay, the Three-Eyed Raven is some sort of, like, spirit guy that, you know, that there was there was nothing harmful or there was no malice towards Bran and what the spirit, you know, what the Three-Eyed Raven was trying to do. But now I kind of wonder, or the Three-Eyed Crow, I should say, I mean, um, you know, maybe in, like, trying to get him to turn away from trying to remember, he's... Encouraging him to go down this path, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the best thing for Bran. Mm. Like maybe, the, you know, if, if Bloodraven's playing the long game and wants, you know, to use Bran, you know, he wasn't a nice guy as far as I can recall, right? I mean, he was kind of a...
1: He was um, a pragmatist. I mean, I think that's the way I'd describe Bloodraven.
0: Well, I mean, you know, just because there's a voice telling you in your dreams to do something doesn't mean it's a good
1: thing. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm I just... disagree. No, i <laughs> I always listen to the voices in my dreams. What? <laughs> I just throwing it out there. I'm not saying, you know, I don't know. It's just something I just thought of. It is funny when you think, you know, reading this chapter, you know, the first time when it was first published, it is this voice. It's this kind of, you know, there is definitely some funny aspects to the Crow and then, you know, if you get through the entire series and you get through Duncan Egg, you realize, like, it's this, you know, 150-year-old, like, weirdo Targ that's, like, haunting the <laughs> dreams of, like, an 8-year-old boy, which is, like, oh, super creepy like, and weird in like, a You know, different way. maybe
0: brand would, I mean, it might not be the best future, but, you know, it's arguable that he'd be better off if he were not, you know, eating Jojen paste and all that. Unless
1: he's the only, you know, unless he's... A weapon of the show. I don't know the, I, end of the world.
0: Especially you know? and I hate I can't believe I'm saying this, but if the show is kinda going if if the show is at all accurate, and I, I know I've argued vehemently that it's not. I mean season what, season six, season seven, Bran is pretty fucking scary.
1: Yeah, I mean Bran three, yeah. you know, Bran's last chapter in the in Dance Brand is pretty fucking scary. Like You know, so I I just throwing it out there that, you know, it might be, okay, we're gonna encourage you
0: not to be concerned with the world at least. So don't worry about who pushed you out the window. You know, yeah. just focus on these things and yeah, it seems great right now, and eventually you'll be eating people and it'll be fine.
1: You know. You know. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about the Jamie aspect of it though earlier today, and I was thinking, you know, George really has a way of taking Jamie off the canvas in some of the most important scenes. You know, here's a character that is one of, like, the top five, you know, most mentioned characters in the entire series, but he's not at Ned's beheading, he's not at the Blackwater, he's not at the Red Wedding, he's not at the Purple Wedding. He is positioned so that he's not at, you know, if there's a Red Wedding 2.0, he's not there. Like, he's always kind of written Jamie to not, to sort of... Or, you know, and he's not at, um, he's not in King's Landing when Cersei, you know, implodes. He's not at King's Landing, presumably, when Egan arrives. So he's always kind of written Jamie into safety, almost, and he keeps doing That's it over and over and over again. And it just makes me think, like, he's, and, you know, coupled with this, it makes me think, is he saving, you know, is Jamie being saved for something? Yeah.
2: I don't
1: Definitely. know. Definitely. So uh, Bran continues to fall and he starts to see the whole world recognizably below him. And it seems like he sees much of the present. So you know, he watches Lewin study in the sky and Hoder carry an anvil to the forge, which just makes me that this is one of those lines where it's like, um, George, you don't know anything about like forges or anvil. Like, it just seems like no, something you no, do right? Like oh, you're carrying an anvil to the forge—that's what you know. That's, th- that's what happens. Um, not that I know any much more, but it just seemed like kind of sort odd. of random. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just
4: and, to demonstrate how strong he is, exactly. I mean, yeah, your your anvil should be sitting right beside your fire if you're going to be doing any work at all. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it works.
0: As far as I know, it's not generally a mobile thing.
1: <laughs> and you don't take it anywhere else to fix it. You know, you're not going <laughs> <like, laughs> to have fix <this> Everything <laughs> that he knows about anvils is clearly from Wiley Coyote, right? Because Coyote. Like, how, <laughs> back, where Enterprise. else they used? <laughs> it's, it's that. Anyway, um, so, you know, he sees Catlin and Roderick Castle on their way to King's Landing, and he sees Ned arguing with Robert and Sansa crying herself to sleep. And then there's a couple of visions that seem like they're from, at least a little bit from the future. And, you know, here's a pretty famous, you know, a Did few, like, so? very famous passages from this chapter. Okay. Um, you know, it's Bran's visions. He saw Sansa crying herself to sleep at night, and he saw Arya watching in silence and holding her secrets hard in her heart. There were shadows all around them. One shadow was dark as ash with the terrible face of a hound. Another was armored like the sun, golden and beautiful. Over them both loomed a giant in armor made of stone. But when he opened his visor, there was nothing inside but darkness and thick black blood. Um, you know, my questions are, really, who are these shadows, and do you think that their identity has changed since George wrote this passage? Yes. So <laughs> so who um you know who do you think they are now?
4: Well, I mean, the hound is pretty uh straightforward yeah. and then the other one is Jamie who from what I understand <laughs> Well, I think so. I think he was uh, I think at this point, George was still thinking that Jaime was going to be the ultimate bad guy who was going to murder everyone and become the king, and then sort of end up being the the like the, one of the last villains yeah. after Joffrey and everybody else dies. The giant everybody thinks is going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gregor uh, Borg, whatever. I'm not so sure about that though. I, mean, I don't <laughs> know who the hell it's going to be, but that one's a huge mystery that everyone's still puzzling over, right?
1: Right. Um, sorry. <laughs> lost my lost my train of thought. I read something today that uh speculated that maybe Joffrey was um the you know the shadow armored and the like the sun golden and beautiful as well cuz when you think about what happens oh. in King's Landing, I mean Jamie's really not Jamie's really not in King's Landing with them very mm-hmm. much at all. You know, he's kind of off the scene. And then I also had this like tell me if you think this is like Super cracky, but it's like you know, mm-hmm. what if at some point? Because I think you know, armored like the sun, you know, Oberyn I think of as the sun, and I was kind of wondering like, at some point was Sansa going to be on trial for Joffrey's murder? Oh, and was Oberyn hmm. going to be her? Cha- you know, who knows? Like I think, but I That's do think like it's really idea. changed over time. Um, you know, obviously the Hound is the Hound and stuff, but it does feel like a lot of them have changed.
2: Yeah, I thought of that too when I was listening to it. I was like, you know, I wonder if he kept any of this, or he really is just going to change it all up. When he, <laughs> so long ago, you know? I,
0: yeah, I did kind of wonder if if the Sansa and Arya stuff was. Um, I mean, I, I realized that it falls quite recent after the um, road trip, you know, from yeah. Hell with the direwolves and stuff. But I did kind of wonder if um, if if those were it wasn't just. That if maybe he was seeing them in the future.
1: That's what I really think, especially the Arya language. That just feels so like um, Arya of, fu- of the future. The future. Yeah, mm. like holding those se- You know, her secrets hard. You know, that just feels.
0: Yeah, and even even Sansa's bit about the sobbing. I mean, that also seems like it might be. I don't know. I kind of
4: wondered. So, yeah, I so, just felt like it was like you know you're supposed to on first on first blush just read it as like, yeah, this is what's going on right mm-hmm. now, but then it's secret kind of foreshadowing or like just this is a a, a character trajectory kind of summed up in one sentence really quick, mm-hmm. and then only afterwards you look back and go, Oh, holy fuck, he was right the whole time, yeah like <laughs> well,
1: and I think we see it um you know he he's we see brand looking across the narrow sea, and we know we see these thing about. You know, aside by the shadow where dragons stirred beneath the sunrise. And, you know, we don't, again, is that the future? Is that Danny, are these Danny's dragons at some point? Is this, you know, her going east to go west? Or is this just fanciful language? Because I think, you know, it seems like from the stupid Fire and Blood book that's coming out, like, those <laughs> eggs might be, you know, Danny's eggs. Like, it's the, like part of the story is the story of Danny's eggs, because that's uh, the one thing I really wanted to know more about. Um, oh, man. Is that, and then, you know, I think to <laughs> so the point about things that seem like they could be happening in the present, but really are foreshadowing, there's, this, there's a fairly long passage that I want to read, but I think it's like, it's kind of like the most famous passage in the chapter, and I love it. So it's easier to read it to it. describe it. So, um, Hit us. Uh, finally, he looked north. He saw the wall shining like blue crystal, and his bastard brother John sleeping alone in a cold bed, his skin growing pale and hard as the memory of all warmth fled from him. And he looked past the wall, past endless forests cloaked in snow, past the frozen shore and the great blue-white rivers of ice and the dead plains where nothing grew or lived. "'North and north and north,' he looked, "'to the curtain of light at the end of the world, "'and then beyond that curtain. "'He looked deep into the heart of winter, "'and then he cried out, afraid, "'and the heat of his tears burned on his cheeks. "'Now you know,' the crow whispered as it sat on his shoulder. "'Now you know why you must live. "'Why,' Bran said, "'not understanding, falling, falling. "'Because winter is coming.' "'Bran looked at the crow on his shoulder, "'and the crow looked back.' It had three eyes, and the third eye was full of terrible knowledge. Bran looked down. There was nothing below him now but snow and cold and death, a frozen wasteland where jagged blue-white spires of ice waited to embrace him. They flew up at him like spears. He saw the bones of a thousand other dreamers impaled upon their points. He was desperately afraid. Can a man still be brave if he's afraid? He heard his own voice saying, small and far away. And his father's voice replied to him, that is the only time a man can be brave and it's like that's the book (laughs) like that's that's kind of the story um that's
0: beautiful too yeah Yeah.
1: and you know i think we see in here i think you know you read that read it for the first time and you just think of oh it's cold at the wall and john's cold and you know reading it through a second time Ah. you realize that this is john's death and you know maybe this is a description of his purgatory and the ice cells before he is you know presumably resurrected,
0: oh yeah, well, I mean, and that that plays into i mean George is acutely aware of um you know the whole like playing with with the tropes about um not the tropes so much, but the idea of the prophecies and how this stuff can be read multiple ways, and i it just seems like kind of classic.
1: Just- well, and it just seems like such a mastery. He has such a mastery of the material at this point, and I feel like this is probably a really early chapter that he wrote. Like, I, you know, I think the, his first vision of the story was of um, them finding the direwolves in the snow.
0: And mm.
1: I wonder if, you know, he, and that was Brand's POV, so I kind of feel like it's possible that he wrote, you know, he wrote at least a few chapters of Brand's POV before anything else potentially, and so I feel like this could be a very early, um, really early chapter in in the entire story.
0: Yeah, I think that makes total sense. So Um, I've got
1: some questions. Oh, go ahead, Kama.
0: Oh, no, no. I didn't really have anything else.
4: (laughs) I thought it was uh, really interesting. I don't know if it's in this passage or just slightly after when he starts flying. Uh, It says, he forgot to be afraid. Do you guys notice where in the chapter that is? It's around here somewhere. You know, it says Brand forgot to be afraid, which is exactly the language that it uses shortly before that when um Danny marries Drogo and oh, rides her horse she's for the the silver. Yeah. Oh. And good catch. The whole thing about him um uh you know, like not being allowed to remember Jamie is the same thing as like if I look back I'm lost, like Danny's always telling herself. So there's like all these parallels, the two of them are being set up to be um, I don't know foils for each other, or I don't. I don't know what he had planned for them. Maybe mm-hmm. he, yeah. I, I don't know where he was going with that, but they're totally. This he uses the same language for the two of them.
1: Huh, that is really interesting. Yeah. And I don't I did I, not catch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah like we either. think of Danny and um, you know, Danny and John as kind of the foils at the end of at the ends of the world, and you know. Kind of giving. I do think like you read a brand chapter like this, and it sort of crystallizes that you know, brands the main in many ways is kind mm-hmm. of the main character, um, mm-hmm. at least in the books. Yeah. That you don't, you know, you definitely don't get it from the show because you know, not action man. Um. <laughs> so I, a couple of questions. So what is the heart of Winter? Is brand seeing the others, or is this like other central? um any any, is it it just like super freaking cold because i feel like i would like (laughs) cry if i'm like oh god it's colder than it is here (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) um any any thoughts on that
4: well the the thing that jumps up at me is that he's seeing whatever it is up there that's fucked up that created the others right there's something is obviously out of whack there's some some okay. fucked up thing that's stuck there that probably they will need to go and dislodge or something like this like some sort of I, I don't know exactly what but um that yeah like, I think he saw that the the horror that's living up there that's making the others
1: okay and then that's and, interesting yeah it, it's like the season like there's whatever's like stopping the season cycle essentially hmm.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and I feel like, and right after that, is this one of the first times where, like, the winter is coming is actually a like a warning when he says because winter is coming. Is this like one of the first times that's apparent that it's more of a warning, just more than um like the house words. Um, that's kind of what that felt like here. Yeah,
1: I think I think yeah, because this would be you know we don't even have old nan's kind of you know old nan's story that she tells Bran is kind of you know that's after this even so you yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of don't necessarily get the context of what you know the long night and, you know you don't really hear what that is yet i don't think or at least you know real completely um i had some questions about the thousand dreamers and you know are these other green seers are these you know the people that have um Kind of tried, you know, tried magic or you know tried magic or relied on magic. Um, hmm. I just I think of you know when I see a thousand dreamers, I, I think of like the Targaryens that have the green dreams, or I think of you know Egg, you know, basically Isn't trying it, to conjure yeah. dragons, and it just it feels Isn't more like them.
0: John's supposed to be the 999th um, commander. Hmm. Nine ninety eight. <laughs> So, could we,
1: I thought it was 9.99. No, 9.99 is who's ever next, and then a thousand is like you know whoever's the you know whoever is like well, the guy, I guess.
0: Do we have another? Th- I mean, because that kind of like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What other thousand
2: in the series mm-hmm. do we have to relate that to?
0: Hmm. I'm googling.
1: Or is it just, I just kind of took it as, like, shorthand for a, for a lot, you know? This is what shows up in
0: my, um... Oh, what is okay, it? It's, like, not the top. The top hits actually have to do with, like, the show and stuff. But, like, hit number four. Jeff Bezos is helping to send 1,000
1: dreamers to college. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's not it. Jeff um, Bezos is going to send 1,000 dreamers north of the wall. Oh, God. <laughs> that will be Trump. Too, uh, yeah. God. Well,
0: there's something here about how one in a thousand uh, people are green seers. I don't know. OK, I, I'm stretching here and and I'm about to go into well, Reddit, I mean, so. You know, the
1: other thing is, you know, comma, you should have you should definitely um, gleam onto this, glom onto this one a little bit. Is you know when remember when Jenna's talking to Jamie about Tywin you know he's one man and a th- you know man in a thousand yeah. years like I think it's just uh, meant to be like mm-hmm. a lot I don't know that in this case thousand I, points I guess of know light it no it's, has, it's yeah the the there's theories, theories
0: about
2: that that or... he's gonna end up being the thousandth, blah 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 you know
0: the whole thing
1: yeah
0: it could just be one of those numbers you know that just doesn't mean anything
1: and i mean yeah, that's it's a beautiful, beautiful language to, to, you know, you know. Like, like, it, it is an inc- incredibly
0: know, well-written chapter
1: 536 and dreamers <laughs> <upon their> points. <laughs> it's not quite, thousand, quite the same way way better. It. yeah 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 a thousand a thousand dead dreamers so um you know, as death reaches for him, Bran finally flies. And there's, like, my favorite passage in the chapter. I'm flying, he cried out in delight. I've noticed, said the three-eyed crow. Like, I just, like, I love Bloodraven dealing with children. Like, it's my favorite thing. And it just <laughs> reminds me of how much fun the Mystery night is with, <laughs> with him dealing with Agatha. You know, his little bits with Agatha at the end. And it's like, again, it's... Like, there's a lightheartedness in that story that there's parts of it in this story. And it's just such a, a cool juxtaposition of, you know, he's basically up there seeing, you know, seeing death and seeing, like, doom and destruction. But, you know, he's flying. It's awesome. <laughs> and the crow is just kind of funny about it, you know. And it's just so, um, it's so fun. It's so cool and, like, just delightful. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway... Things get a little bit less nice. The crow starts stabbing Bran in the middle of his forehead, (laughs) literally trying to open his third eye. And for some reason, this is like the only point that I started thinking of that stupid band, third eye blind. Um, And then I literally could not get semi-charmed life out of my head for like the next six hours. So sorry, everyone.
4: Yeah, thanks for that.
1: Yeah, I know. But if I have to suffer, so should everyone else. Everyone else? Yeah. Um, so Bran's ripped out of his dream, and he finds himself back in his bed at Winterfell. And as a servant frantically leaves to let everyone know that he's um, awake, Bran touches his forehead between his eyes. Uh, the place where the crow pecked is still burning, but there is nothing there. And then you know, Bran's pup joins him on the bed, jumping on his legs, but Bran feels nothing other than the warmth of the wolf enveloping him. And then the chapter ends. When his brother Rob burst into the room, Breathless from his dash up the tower steps, the dire wolf was licking Bran's face. Bran looked up calmly. His name is Summer, he said. So, um, why Summer? Is this like Bran's way of saying, like, you know, challenge accepted?
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's what it yeah. feels like. For him to wake up and that's the yeah. first thing that, you know, he says is his name Summer. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Winter, bring he, it on.
1: He kind
0: of. I oh, think he understands that that winter is the enemy,
1: yeah, I mean he kind of backslides until you know the end of book two, but i you know I guess he is you know again a crippled eight year old boy there's not a lot that he you know that he can do um the story is his story is a little bit put on put on hold um why not spring just because it's a bad name for a dog
4: <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah. spring just a <laughs> <away. laughs> Yes, you, always to, like, you, d- you always have like you always got to like plan out what you're gonna yell at the dog park, and if it's you know, um, you can't do it. Like actually, Hodor would be kind of a fun name, but uh, yeah, a little spring. too
2: confusing. Hodor. Do
1: they, do, they, do they have fall? Do they mention having like a fall?
2: Like, do they ever mention that? Do they ever? I do They like always an mention Anna? like late
1: summer, and then okay. I think that oh. at some point in feast or in some point, doesn't the raven? That signifies that they talk autumn. about it. They've
0: talked oh, yeah, about...
3: yeah, said something about autumn at some point. Okay, okay, yeah. so they do... Beer,
1: before, autumn. Yeah, okay, so... And I and feel like it's spring. festival season, you know, like beer and stuff. And there's that song, um, uh,
0: The Maiden... made. Uh, I love a maid as red as autumn with sunset in her hair. okay. And so
2: I'm, I well, did it just skip. Like I wonder if uh, <laughs> if they have like you know, like just say if they have like ten year winter, then they have like a two year autumn, or I mean two year spring, or.
1: Uh, can you imagine a lot logic to this? Like a two year autumn. Movie? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, yeah, and then
0: you have the the winter that lasts seventeen years, and you go, damn it, I just want to win, you
2: know. That's just like now. It was like cold last week. It's going to be 87 degrees on Friday.
0: pretty good spring Sometimes, I like, like,
1: how did George I, grow up in New Jersey? Because he feels I, to me like someone who grew up without seasons. Like, <laughs> there's no conception of how this would not work. I, <laughs> friends, actually, actually,
0: I remember when I was trying to get her enthused in the show, and she's a physicist, and I was – I was like, okay, and there's some weirdness with, like, the way w- the seasons work, and I was explaining them to her, and she was like, oh, no, that's totally, that's viable.
2: Oh. Mm. What? <laughs> now I want to know <laughs> how.
0: <laughs> she said, you know, it, and then it got very complex on me very fast and way over my head, but she <laughs> said, no, like, what he did is theoretically possible, mm. and I do wonder, I mean, he reads fairly widely, i wonder if he, I don't know, one day opened up a Scientific American or something and there was some article on it. And I can't, I'm afraid, reproduce her argument because I was lost like five minutes in as to why she was, you know, it had to do with different situations with magnetic poles and how you could have a thing and it could – I don't
2: know, or like a climate change too. I mean, there could be, you know, they say that or ice ages and things.
0: hmm. Yeah, no, but I think she was. It it had to do with that there are (laughs) that that is theoretically, or there might be planets where something like that could work. I don't know.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna assume that George has not read any of that. (laughs) I'm just. I don't know. I don't. He thought it it sounded cool. Yeah, kind (laughs) of like. hey, why don't I have like, yeah, you know, you can just kind of imagine. Um, you know, any thought any final thoughts on this chapter?
4: Well, I don't is, know if I should bring it up, but uh, I'm not entirely convinced that that crow is Bloodraven. Okay. Controversial opinion. No, I don't know. like,
1: tell, <laughs> tell me more.
4: Well, in Dance, when Bran is talking with Bloodraven in that cave, he kind of says, oh, you weren't you that crow? Um, and Bloodraven is just like crow. What? Oh, yeah, they used to call me a crow when I was in the Night's Watch, and then he goes off on tells some Grandpa Simpson story about something else. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that he was confused at all is kind of strange, and apparently in some of Bran's other visions, Bloodraven appears as just a weirwood, and there is also a weirwood in, in his vision here. Yeah. Uh, he looks down, in the, and the Winterfell weirwood looks back at him, yeah. and it's like... Uh, proud of him or knowing or whatever.
1: I forgot to mention that part. Who
4: who the hell the crow might be if it's not Bloodraven? I have no idea. And, like, honestly, I'm, you know, like, 20% sold on the notion that it's not Uh him. But it's just something that I kind of try to bear in mind is, like, maybe this is, you know, whatever his higher self or some completely different actor that we don't know
2: of. Some random naughty crow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or it's Bran. I mean, that's the other thing. It could could be Bran. Oh jeez.
2: making himself.
1: Yeah, that's well, like interesting. waking, you know, waking himself up.
0: Oh my gosh, It's like something. maybe not all voices that you hear in your dreams or that are telling you to do things that are bad. Some are, some are.
1: Well, it's just you know, if we you know if we consider the show's um, portrayal of what happened to Hodor, then I guess it would make yeah. sense that Bran can like communicate and affect people.
2: Can be multiple in the yeah. you
1: know in the in multiple like. Times, you know, ugh, my head hurts. Just oh, no, it's, it's, it's like the that, rule of, you, like, <laughs> fictional time travel. It's not that all time travel is not fictional, but just, like, you just can't think about it too hard, otherwise it all breaks you gotta down. you got to hang out
0: with more physicists, honey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. I hear that a lot. Uh,
0: <laughs> we used to, um, way back in the day when um, Star Trek Next Generation was, uh, you know, first coming out, I spent a lot of time with, with a bunch of people in the physics physics students and cool. it was not uncommon for us to watch the episode and they'd be like oh no that's totally you know <laughs> totally a thing i learned a lot about quantum tunneling
1: <laughs> wow
4: like, yeah, yeah can do that, oh, like that. <laughs> can do anything
1: <laughs> this is amazing like it's sort of weird to think that there's any like scientific basis because i just think like you know, there's definitely a difference between science science fiction and fantasy, and this is fantasy, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I I think uh, my guess is that a lot of this is him just wanting to do whatever he wants yeah. to do. But, you know, I, good fantasy. In fact, this is the same friend who told me about the whole planet tilt thing or whatever and how it was possible. She also pointed out that, like, she usually doesn't like fantasy because she said, like, what she likes with... um. She says when she does read it and she likes it and it's done well, she said it's grounded in like a kind of reality and then they get like one special thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you have oh, dragons yeah. or you have witches or you have whatever, but she hates the kind of fantasy where you've got everything. Anything goes, yeah. How long?
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, here we've got, you know, dragons and green seers and wargs and magic candles and. Magic swords and all sorts.
2: And Lady of things. Stoneheart.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, res, you know, resurrection. You got kind of, you kind of got it all. Um, but you know, it's probably a good thing. You know have unicorns, that- unicorns. Thank goodness. Oh, there are unicorns. <laughs> what well, we do have Skagos. There- Skagos? Oh shoot, they there all will be. Are, 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 are.
0: <laughs> and that is there why is. I can never. The show I will never forgive, if nothing else, because we could have had cannibals and unicorns on the Isle of Skagos, but nope. <laughs>
1: More Cersei.
0: We could have had it all. <laughs> now I want like
2: white unicorns, like zombie unicorns, <laughs>
1: <See, gasps> just like sticking to her towards the oh, wow. people. That would. Be, I think mean, that would
0: be awesome.
1: <laughs> I want Brand. I want Rick and R- rolling on into Winterfell, like snacking <laughs> on a giant, like you know femur, riding a riding a unicorn with like his direwolf trotting next on. to him. Like that would be amazing.
4: The, the unicorn's block. gonna butt Roose Bolton right through the chest, and then yeah, yeah. him with the bone of his femur, and just be like, "I'm the Lord of Winterfell now." Be great. Can't wait for that.
1: I mean, so much better, right? Yes, yeah. it will be. So, uh, comma, do I think you are on mail tonight? Do we have any mail?
0: I am. We do. Um, and I did want to. We did have a Tumblr that I think it might have been you who addressed it, but I thought we should probably. Um, it was an ask, but I thought, even though we posted an answer, we should probably bring it up here. Um, was this so about someone, Tyrion chapters? Yeah. Um, someone wrote, um, loved your latest podcast. A godswood without gods, as empty as me, has got to be one of the saddest lines from the series. I've been loving your special chapter episodes, but was wondering if you guys are ever going back to Tyrion chapters. His storm arc is probably his best. It's the first book uh, where uh, George R. R. Martin seems hor- aware of uh, how horribly misogynistic Tyrion is. So um, I believe you answered. I think this was you, right? Yeah. Um, that we are going back to them. We're just taking a little break.
1: Yep. And I think our schedule, which we don't completely have, um, completely have, but I believe it looks like we'll be back to Tyrion in July. So um, look for Tyrion chapters then. <laughs>
0: Um and we did have uh two pieces of mail. Um we had an email from Steven who writes greetings to all at um Close the Door and come here. apologize uh, apologies for being somewhat late in this response to a podcast of nearly a month ago, but having just listened to the end game episode, I noticed a couple of points that you seem to have overlooked. Firstly, George R.R. Martin himself has hinted that Brienne's character may undergo a change due to her experiences. It would seem apt that whilst Jamie goes from being a cynical person to being one who wishes to do the right thing, Brienne may go in the opposite direction and who could blame her? Secondly, Brienne has also lost her fighting prowess. A broken wrist would need a year or so to heal completely and, uh, George R. R. Martin is ever the one for realism on these things. It may be that she will never regain her full strength in her sword hand, so she too must abandon that facet of life that so defined her, just as Jamie has had to do. As for destiny, prophecies, and ravens, let's not forget Brienne's unwitting blood sacrifice beneath the weirwood at C- Crackclaw Point. Both Jamie and Brienne seem highly destined to do something, we just don't know what it is yet. Don't forget that, quote-unquote, uh, Lord of Light is apparently a, corrux- a corruption of golden hand in Old Valerian, or so I'm told. All the best. Hmm. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, with the thing with, um, you know, it's sort of a contradiction. Like, Jamie and Brienne are, you know, destined for something in the endgame. But, you know, they're both, they can't be sold. You know, they both are not going to be, you know, fighters. But I guess I... I just feel like George doesn't put Valerian steel in their hands if they're not going to be using it and I I've always kind of thought well, you know, we've kind of heard that the um the brothers of the quiet isle can, you know, do all this awesome healing, so maybe like wow. magic. When in doubt, magic. <laughs> so <laughs> You know, they're going to regenerate he her wrist. I don't know. <laughs> I do
0: wonder like wasn't the plan initially to have the 5 year gap?
1: But uh. I think like Brienne's filling the five-year gap.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, but, I mean, like, maybe at some point, I don't know. Or it's possible that would be a device yeah. that could use. I mean, and then, you know, years past, she's got her hand back.
1: Well, we don't know she has a broken wrist. We, have, we We think she has, like, broken ribs and a broken arm. But, I mean, you know.
0: Not that that also... Right, obviously, you know.
1: like, that's also very serious. And he knows she's had her face eaten, and he knows she was hanged. So, you know, she's got, like, a lot of shit going on. And then you oh, add in maybe God. she's going to get pregnant soon. So it's like, well, there's a whole lot of stuff going on.
4: Well, George did, did. He put in all that stuff about uh, Quarren Halfhand, who, you know, he lost his right hand, so he learned to fight yeah. with his left better yeah. than ever before. And we're everybody's rooting for that to be Jamie, right? But maybe he's just going to pull a switcheroo and it's Brienne.
1: Hmm. Maybe.
4: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't accept that she's going to turn into some kind of, like, jaded, terrible person. I, I just... I that think, doesn't yeah. sit right with me thematically. It just seems like garbage.
0: I, I think that may have been the plan at one point, but then he wrote that into pretty Maris and I don't think he'd do that twice. So.
1: Well, and I think too, I think it's one thing, you know, I think it's realistic to think that part of her arc is her, you know, kind of giving up, giving up the notion that there are absolutes and that there's, you know, always a, you know, the good choice and the bad choice. Like she's going to be learning that, you know, there's compromises and, she has to you know that's the way the world is the world isn't isn't so easy and i think that's part of you know her acceptance of jamie it's part of what she's going to have to learn from dealing with stoneheart
2: yeah and she doesn't have to turn completely like to the bad to do no. that
1: like no, you can right. you know
2: have life experiences and not be- yeah yeah it's
1: like her you know or it's her life experience like this is more her, nuanced response yeah. yeah like a more realistic view of of um you know and, you know, part of that, too, might be, you know, what if, you know, obviously, you know, he's not that big of a character in the show anymore, but, you know, what if she does have to work with Stannis at some point? You know, maybe part of this, too, is like, hey, I, you know, I, you kind of take the good, you take the bad, and she's learning that now because she's going to have to deal with Stannis, and the, with Stannis going forward or, you know, or some situation like that. Who knows?
0: I just also, I uh, wanted
1: to get the facts of life reference.
0: I, I thought I actually just flashed to that. I was like, oh god, no, don't go there. <laughs> and, then, and then I went. And then there. I did. It was too late. Now I've got that song stuck in head. But my now you don't back. have
1: semi charm life in your head anymore. So
0: yeah. there you go. <laughs> and
1: now it's back. <laughs> How about the final countdown of um, mail? <laughs> We also had
0: um, a mass an email message from Georgie who writes um, and I'm glad John and Devin, that you're both here for this. Hi ladies and occasional gents, that's what yes. you guys are. Um, I've really been I've really really been enjoying the recent top chapter podcast. They're so refreshing um, from the Tyrion ones, and it's also nice to have the change from the regular um, Jamie and Brienne content, as there are so so many. Awesome, a song of ice and fire characters out there to discuss. I'm also loving all the readings that you've been doing. Don't feel like you need to hold these back. In this case, more is more. I got major chills from the North Remembers speech you did the other week and found myself fist pumping in support. (laughs) You're doing an awesome job. Looking forward to the next podcast as always. It's the highlight of my commuting week.
1: Aw, that's so sweet.
0: I'm I'm taking from this that Really, what I could have done for the Sansa episode is just read the whole chapter aloud, and that would have been fine with people. So
1: honestly, that's the hardest. That would have been the hardest chapter to, to recap because you want like that first half of the chapter, all you do is want to read the whole thing, and then the second half of the chapter, it's like bang, bang, action, 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 important yeah. thing, important thing, important thing.
0: Well, just, I mean, even yeah. with the brand stuff, there's so many beautiful yeah. things in there. It's just it, it's you're you're spoiled for choice.
1: Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that if you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this episode, either Monday the thirtieth or Tuesday May first, so like the first couple of days it's out. We do have a poll on Twitter at Door Podcast that we are taking a reader of readers. Uh, fans' Choice chapter uh, the week after next, so we have four choices for you to choose from. Um, it's Ned's last chapter in *A Game of Thrones*, uh, the POV of Arya's of Ned's beheading, uh, Danny in *The House of Undying*, and Sam's fat pink mast that we will um, that will do that chapter. So whichever the highest, whichever the highest, <laughs> the highest yeah, the highest vote getter. Um, <laughs> we'll do that chapter in like two weeks. So if uh, you're listening to this early on, get over on Twitter and vote. Um, right now, uh, Eddard is winning.
3: Good. That's what I voted for.
1: That's mm-hmm. what I voted for too. But <laughs>
3: I voted for Arya.
1: <laughs> no prejudice. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see which one of those comes out. And in addition to finding us on Door Podcast, finding us at Door Podcast on Twitter, you can also find us at Close the Door and Come Here on Tumblr and Close the Door and at gmail.com. You can f- become our Patreon and receive early episodes among other benefits, and you can also listen to Close the Door and Come Here on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean and all the other places. All right, well I want to thank the panel and our guests and I'm going to close the door get out.